Welcome to the first episode of the NBA Fan Podcast. I'm Chris Randazzo here with Trent Kinsey. Thank you very much for joining us. We're excited to be here. We got a lot to talk about on all things NBA. Uh, what's the most recent news? The most recent news is the Blake Griffin trade last night. Uh, excited to get into that a little bit. Blake Griffin finally leaving the Clippers after being there since, what, 2010? Is this a, a thank God moment for the Clippers or a thank God moment for Blake Griffin? Um, probably a little bit of both. I mean, if you followed him on Twitter last night, he had some hilarious stuff that he was posting. Um, like he? No, he, posted a, he posted a, a, a gif, jif, however you pronounce it, of uh, the Fresh Prince himself, uh, Will Smith, kind of doing a like a what face. Um, that was kind of like a sarcastic face. Like so, you get the sense that Blake. I mean, Blake's a smart guy. You get the sense that he knew this was coming and um, is probably excited for a, a fresh start uh, somewhere else. So yeah, I'm happy for the Clippers. They've only been plagued by Blake Griffin being this incredible potential mm. who just gets injured and doesn't come yeah. through. One of many on their team. <laughs> yeah, they need to they need to blow it up, basically. Yeah. I know they're talking about trading DeAndre Jordan. I think they need to go ahead and get rid of Doc Rivers as well because it's not that I think he's a bad coach, but I think he's more of a – he's a better coach for veteran players. He's a guy you bring in for a team that's like one step away, and if they're talking about rebuilding, he's not a coach of the process, yeah. if you will. So. Okay, so who do you think – walk us through the trade. Who do you think got the better end, Clippers or the Pistons? We were talking about this earlier. The general consensus is that the team that gets the best player wins the trade. Well, and who's, I would, who's the best player? I do think Blake Griffin was the best player in this trade. Um, the Pistons sent Avery Bradley, who they had just signed, which is crazy to me. Avery Bradley and Tobias Harris and Marjanovic, who's a giant. He's like seven foot five. The guy something. from the Spurs. Yeah, and like, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and they sent some draft picks. So they sent quite a bit for Blake, which makes me want to feel like the Clippers won just because Blake is so injury prone and, and all of that. But I think if Blake can stay healthy, you know, pairing him with Andre Drummond, you know, and they've got Reggie Jackson on their team and Stan Van Gundy's a really good coach. He's a better coach than Doc Rivers. Um, I think that could be really good potentially. For yeah, I know that the Pistons were – Better than I thought they would be this year. Mm. They're proving themselves with defense. Stanley Johnson is another good player for them. So I was surprised when I saw they got rid of Avery Bradley because I feel like he's known around the league as one of the best defenders. Yeah, he's absolutely. a guy that can guard Kyrie. He's yeah. a guy, you know, force anybody that can guide Kyrie, he can guard him maybe yeah. better than anybody else. Yeah. Do you think that they are one step closer to making a legitimate playoff run with this trade or? Do they need another piece? They definitely need another piece. I think they knew that they were one step away. I think what this does is it builds more excitement in the Detroit area, and it's going to bring more fans in, um, sell more jerseys. And then they need – I mean, they definitely need help. Um, Well, they needed help on the offensive side of the ball because they had no offensive players other than Reggie Jackson. I know they are high on – this is – Every episode, I'll probably have a Duke reference of some kind, <laughs> being a Duke fan. But they are really high on Luke Kennard as well. Okay. And to me, this says a little bit. If you're willing to trade Avery Bradley, who you just signed, obviously you're pretty happy with what Luke Kennard is doing at the shooting guard position as well. I'm not saying he's going to like all of a sudden start and play 35 minutes a game. But 
obviously they're okay with him playing a little bit more minutes, you know, than they uh, than they were if they're willing to give up Bradley and not get a shooting guard back in return. So yeah, all right. I didn't expect Luke Kennard to be the first Duke reference here, but well, that's all right. right. One of many to come. Uh-huh. Um, well, let's get into the All-Star Draft. It's already happened. We're recording this on Tuesday, January 30th. Mm-hmm. Uh, this happened last week. They didn't televise it. Hopefully they will next year. Um, so if you're an NBA fan at all, you probably know there was Team LeBron and Team Curry as the captains. Um, the fans voted in the five All-Stars from each side of the league east and west well, yeah they just yeah voted in the, the basically the top five vote getters i guess or the right. top five and or is it by position maybe it's by position i don't know uh i think it's by position okay. yep and then curry and lebron got to pick from those starters that pool of eight, eight players yeah uh who to be on their team lebron got the first uh pick and so let's talk about these picks um mm-hmm. And who you think came out with a better team? We can mm-hmm. kind of debate that. Um, LeBron got Boogie, Unibrow, KD, and Kyrie. Uh, and that's up against Curry's team of the Freak, DeRozan, the Process, uh, aka Joel Embiid, and Harden. So the Freak is Giannis Antetokounmpo as well. Yes, I guess there's a couple freaks in the yeah. league, um, but he's the Freak. Yeah. He's, he's the Greek one. He's the least. Greek freak. Yeah. So, talk to me. Who do, you think's, uh, who do you think's coming out on top? And I think it's a pretty even team. I think it's... I'm definitely tempted to choose LeBron's team first because you have the two best players in the world on the same team, and Kevin Durant and LeBron. Um, and I think Kyrie and Steph are pretty even, and we've seen Kyrie get the best, better of Steph at times. Um and then, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins got hurt, and so I'm not sure who will replace him in the starting lineup. Whether I know they brought Paul George in, but you know they could they could potentially start you know they could start Paul George and have a smaller lineup, or they could start you know Porzingis. I, I have no idea. Either way, I think you know jo- Joel is probably you know maybe better than that. I don't know, but yeah, I think that I kind of think that either start Aldridge or or Russell Westbrook yeah. as the yeah, the next man in. Um, so you've got, you know, you said the two best men in the world, LeBron and Kevin Durant. Yeah. I think you're looking broad scope, maybe. Are you, When you say that, are you thinking of the players in the league looking at their careers best, or are you thinking just this season uh, and talent? I'm talking today, okay. the two best Because then you, the you've got the two best shooters in the world, uh, at true. least right now, in Curry and Harden, yep. right, on the other side. So in one way the Curry team is much smaller. And with Kyrie being pretty much the only guy under, what, 6'10", 6'9"? You mean LeBron's team is smaller? Oh, sorry. No, 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 Curry's oh, team Curry's is smaller. Team. So if you, let's say Curry is guarding Kyrie, that means Harden has to guard either LeBron, LeBron. Kevin Durant. I love how we talk about people guarding each other in the All-Star game, like that's <laughs> going to be happening. Um, you know, be matched up for arguments. Yeah, 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 they'll be matched up. So, uh, I don't know. I think... Um, I I think with Boogie going down, I think the edge swings over to Curry's side. Yeah. So, um, what are your thoughts on this year's All Star Game, uh, and what the NBA is trying to accomplish by switching things up? 
I, I mean, I like the idea of switching it up. I think it, I wish they had, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, I wish they had televised the draft. I feel like that's kind of the best part of the whole thing. Um, I'm excited about the All-Star game just because I'm excited about all the kind of like new faces and the future of the league. Um, some of these guys like Giannis and Porzingis and um, who are, making and Joel and Bede were making it for the first time and so that I'm excited to see them play ultimately the actual playing of the all-star game is usually not it's not that it's not entertaining but there's just not a whole lot of trying on defense going on guys don't want to see other guys get hurt you know I mean it's it makes sense but to me just the kind of the idea of the all-star game in general is just you know, what, uh, it's, I don't know, it's not as exciting as it could be. Probably. Yeah, I do think um, it's, it is worth, like, I do think NBA players care about making the list, yes. maybe less actually playing in a game, but yeah. being recognized as an all-star. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul George is kind of lucky in that he was kind of the last man out in the West, boogie goes down, and so he's actually going to go on record as, being had, an all-star. Yeah, being an all-star, right? So this is, what, third year in a row, something yeah. like that. He should have been to begin with, but yeah. I agree, yeah. but still, it's, it's a big deal. Um, you see the aftermath of the people that get left out. They go on a tear, you know, in their next NBA game. Um, people like Simmons, you know, the rookie out of mm-hmm. uh, Philadelphia, and Andre Drummond. Um, yeah, I think they each had, like, you know, Simmons had a triple-double, I think, Andre Drummond had 40 points or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they care about making the list, maybe not as much playing in the game. Do you think they should just cancel the game? and just, Or do you think they just the NBA would lose money that way, so they're not going to? Well, yes. I mean, yeah. they would. There's a lot of things that the NBA does that, would, that uh, they should probably change, but it would cost them money. Uh, yeah, and I don't, I don't think you should necessarily take it away. Because I think the other thing that's a benefit about the All-Star weekend is that it's also a break for the players. I think that's what they like the most, is that they get a few days before the weekend and a few days after the weekend. They get almost a full week of break. And I do like the dunk contest and the skills competition, the three-point shootout, all that stuff is really fun as well. So uh, ultimately, yeah, and and the rookie-sophomore game as well is fun too. So um, I just think you have to take it for what it is and enjoy all the dunks. That's yeah. right. And there have been, every now and then, there will be a game where it'll still be close in the last couple minutes of the game, and all of a sudden the players will be like, okay, you know, I actually want to win this now. You know, I think it's one of those things where they kind of agree, like, we're not going to play a lot of defense until the end, you know, until the end. And if it's a close game, okay, let's, you know, let's see see what can happen, I feel like. That, yeah, that's happened quite. And, a and I like the concept of Kyrie passing it to LeBron, lobbing it up to KD, all in the same team. You know, that's that is intriguing to me. Russ and KD as well again together. That's right. Like Put them, the, start them all. You know, I'd love to see Russ get out there, start with LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Durant. I think that'd be a lot of fun. All right, let's move on to uh, the question: Team LeBron or Team Curry? Not in the All Star game, but. In life, as an NBA fan, I think NBA fans in general sometimes put themselves into different camps. Uh, I, you know, like to think of myself as more of a Curry fan than a mm-hmm. LeBron fan. Um, so, you know, we were talking about this before the show how to even fr- how to even frame this. Mm-hmm. But 
who do you think is a better NBA player? See, I was wondering where, like, how exactly you were going to ask that question because I really like Steph Curry. I like him as a person. I like him as a basketball player. I think he's a great. I think he's a Hall of Fame player. Probably the best shooter I've ever seen. Um, LeBron James is without question a better player. Uh, and I, in my opinion, LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. And so, so he's the goat. So I, in, I feel like the the conversation we should be having is. LeBron versus Michael, but maybe we can have that on another episode. But I don't think there's a whole lot of comparison. And I mean, Steph, Steph is you know plays a different position to some extent. LeBron does play point guard a lot as well because he can do anything. Um, but yeah, I don't. Yeah. Okay. So I don't who, know where, like maybe where let me frame, go with let that. me reframe this. Who would you? Who do you enjoy watching play more? So if you've got a ticket. To a game that is either you know Curry's on one, in one game and you can watch him or LeBron in another. I think I think Curry is probably more. He's kind of flashier, which can be more entertaining to watch, and I would love to watch Curry play. But I think ultimately I would rather watch LeBron play. Just just me. Like I think in the grand scheme of things, most people would probably rather watch Curry. But I love just stuff. I like it when I watch a game with LeBron. I find myself only watching him, just to see what he's, what he's doing, what he's thinking, where he's positioning himself, um, and and all of that. But as far as his, I mean, like obviously Curry's jump shots a lot prettier than LeBron's, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah. Maybe I am biased towards being a smaller guy that was more of a shooter than, you know, banging it down low and being able to take it against anybody. I think, I mean, I think that's the whole, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like, this is the whole, conver- this is the conversation and the fight over kind of the soul of the NBA right now is between these two guys. Right. Be- and what Curry provides is a guy who's 6'2", 190 pounds, like many of us, <laughs> you know, who can watch this and be like, not super athletic, he's the same size as me, but he's going to be a Hall of Fame player. So, like, kids are like, maybe I can do that. Most kids growing up are not like, oh, I'm 6'9", 260 pounds, and I'm the greatest athlete in history. So, Correct. okay, yeah, I'm going to go be in the – you know, like, so LeBron is a superhero, and Steph is the everyman. So I definitely understand the appeal. Yeah, but there's something about Curry that I think, uh, one, he – is he started to make shots that used to be considered a bad shot regularly and with consistency. And he took the live by the three, die by the three, and he made it to where he was, he was winning over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And not, um, not that, you know, maybe you'll win one game here and there, Mm -hmm. but you can't win a championship. No, no. He started to win championships off of making, you know, shots behind the three-point line that normally someone shouldn't take. And so he has that underdog, because he's undersized, he has that Mm -hmm. underdog aspect and quality to him that I think is probably flips now that he's a a part of the Warriors and they're a dynasty. But especially three years ago, he still had that underdog quality to him, that, you know, him and Clay Thompson together. And 
I think, one, he's changed the NBA, and I don't think it's bad for the NBA. And I'm not worried that the NBA is going to be all shooters because all that's going to happen is you're, you're, you're going to see the swing that we have now where there's not a ton of great centers. So now all of a sudden the need for centers is going to call out centers. Centers are going to have their rise. Well, you're, you're already seeing, I mean, great players that come in, uh, the greatest players influence the younger generation. I mean, we saw that with Michael Jordan. And every player tried to be Michael Jordan, and only a few were successful, mainly Kobe Bryant. Um, everybody wanted to be LeBron. That's why you see somebody like Ben Simmons now, who is a poor man's LeBron. He's basically LeBron that can't shoot. Okay. Um, a little smaller. And a little bit, but not, not too much smaller, um, especially at this stage. Yeah. Um, okay, fair. And then you got Trey Young coming up through Oklahoma, from Oklahoma who is kind of lighting college basketball on fire, and he's the first probably of many players that base their entire game off of Steph Curry because they were kids when Steph Curry was coming up. So it, I do think we will see more and more. They may not be successful. Right. I don't think any of them will be as successful as Steph, but I also think what makes the appeal of the Warriors and of Steph Curry is how much fun they have playing the game, um, and it's fun to watch how much fun they have. Uh, but I also think part of this conversation of kind of who the better player is, I know you were talking a lot about Steph Curry having that underdog mentality, like all of this. Um, he is a reason why the Warriors are as good as they are, but I don't think you could take him from that Warriors team and put him on any team, and they would immediately be a championship contender. Not only that, but you were talking about how he's taken shots that would normally be considered bad shots and made them you know, not so. They're still bad shots. They're just in the context of a team as talented as he is on. When you have a margin for error that's so big, when you have that much talent, you can take whatever shots you want, and it doesn't really matter. So, yeah. and he makes a lot of them too, which is great. He but. does, and I think this is where I disagree. I think you put Curry on another team, and he will immediately make that team a championship contender. I think he is the only reason. The Warriors are as good as they are. I think he, you know, made Clay Thompson as successful as he was. Yes, Clay Thompson is maybe debatably a better shooter than Curry in in some ways. Not maybe yeah. not overall. He can't create his shot in the same way. Right, but he's, he's got yeah, I think spot he's, shooter. Spot shooter. He's faster, maybe better. I think he he's made that team, team a better team overall, and. Yes, they got KD. They didn't need KD. Yeah. The Cavs, yes, I don't think, did. should have beaten them that year. And now KD goes and... Spoiler alert, they needed KD. I don't, I don't think... So anyway, that's, that's where I think maybe you and I disagree is... I do think if I'm building my team, I pick Curry first I, over LeBron. I would happily take Curry over 95% of the players in the NBA. But I think if you put him on the Charlotte Hornets and he starts taking shots like that... You're, he he hurts his he would be hurting a team that's not as good and I think I don't think you immediately make them a championship contender he definitely makes them better he elevates the team but like uh, and I also think and I know we want to move on to some other things too but just very quickly talking about the Warriors um, there was a lot of elements that made the Warriors really good what initially made the Warriors so good is how good they were defensively. And with Clay Thompson, who might be the best perimeter defender in the league, one of them, obviously Draymond Green, 
Andrew Bogut down low, and Andre Iguodala. It didn't matter that Steph Curry wasn't a great defender. Steph Curry brought a lot of the offense along with Clay. Um, but that team that made it in 2015, the first time they went to the finals, went through three different teams that had major injuries. They made it to the finals. They weren't, I can't remember if they were the number one seed. They might have been, but they went through a bunch of injury plague teams. And then they beat a Cavs team that had their two best, or second and third best players hurt in six games. And LeBron was otherworldly. The next year, they had their, obviously they had their year where they won a crap ton of games. um, And then they lost to the Cavs. Uh, There's a lot of context to that as well. But, I do think that they needed Kevin Durant, not necessarily to make them a content, a championship contender, but to make them the unbeatable team that they are now. Yeah, for well, sure. That, that's probably true. Let's move on. We could probably do a whole episode <laughs> just going through the Cavs-Warriors championship series that well, they've had. What our listeners can't see is that this whole conversation, we've been like choking each other, that's like right. fighting. And, no. yeah. um, anyway, glad we talked about it. We'll do, we'll do more later. Um, okay, so let's move on to Team Russ, Team Durant. Mm. And what I mean by this is there was the great breakup. There was KD choosing his own destiny, so to speak. and As he is right. allowed so to do. A lot of people have their opinions, and you kind of went one way or another. Trent, I think as we've just seen in this Curry-LeBron argument, you do seem to have a more balanced opinion. You seem to be able to separate fanhood and liking from talent and stats, whereas I'm more of an all-in-one, emotional, all-KD, you know. But then Russ kind of proved me wrong, and like he kind of won me over last year with his MVP year mm-hmm. uh, to show how talented, how dynamic, how consistent he was. Mm-hmm. I don't really think if teammates were letting him get one or two rebounds a game, that that <laughs> changes anything, whether you believe in that or not. Triple doubles, yeah. Yeah. Um, but overall, I loved Katie's move. Um, well, yeah, as a Warriors fan. As a Warriors yeah. fan, um, I love seeing those guys rock out and just destroy everybody. So where did you kind of end, um, especially as someone who was living in OKC at the time? I was, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I lived in Oklahoma City for a couple of years, Basically, KD's last year there, and then the first year without him, so the triple-double season for Westbrook. Uh, I mean, first of all, I mean, obviously, that's Kevin Durant's right. I'm not going to get upset with Kevin Durant for I don't I don't buy this whole idea of team loyalty in a profession where most players don't make it more than like two years. You have the opportunity to play where you want to play. It's the same thing as us. If I decide I want to work for a different company because it offers me something better or my friends are there or whatever, like nobody's going to get mad at you for leaving. So uh, all of Oklahoma City hated and still hates Kevin Durant, and I think that's kind of ridiculous. But as far as players, I think the thing that's most interesting about – because I would take Kevin Durant any day because of his size, because of his shooting ability. He's maybe the best scorer in the history of the NBA. I mean, he like his size and his ability and all of that um, is unprecedented. The thing that I think is interesting and the thing that causes me to like pause about Durant and the thing that I really like about Westbrook is leadership. Kevin Durant, if you know, I mean, Kevin Durant's super nice guy, um, but he doesn't want to be a leader. And that was part of why he left for the Warriors. 
And that was why people got upset in a lot of ways is because he didn't, uh, he didn't want that, that he didn't want to be the guy basically. He, uh, he wants to be a great player. He wants to be considered one of the best players ever, but he just doesn't have that personality where he wants to be, he has a hard time taking criticism and he just doesn't want to be the face. So he went to the Warriors so that he could have a guy in Steph Curry that could be the face. Uh, I mean, even in the recent all-star stuff, like he said, I'm glad I wasn't one of the top, I wasn't the top vote getter because I didn't want to have to pick a team. Like he doesn't like having guys upset with him. Whereas Russell doesn't give a crap about anything or anybody. He's got his family in OKC and that's it. It's him against the world. And I really like that. Sometimes that can be a negative thing when he isn't coachable or, you know, whatever. But like, Russ is just going to do what Russ is going to do. And most of the time, it's really good stuff. Um, so I think Russ is a top 10 player in the NBA easily right now. I love the guy. I would still take Kevin um, just because of what he brings on offense and defense um, with his size and athleticism. So That's an interesting argument because some of the other better players um, that might be all in the conversation for MVP with KD you got, you know, leaders like Curry, LeBron, Kyrie, who goes somewhere to be a leader, right? Mm-hmm. He went to be the man, whereas KD left so, so that he didn't have to be the man. It was one of the reasons. I mean, right. I think he also really wanted to play. Like, he had a lot of friends on the Warriors, and he really wanted to play. Agreed. Them. But, I mean, your overall argument is, I think, true. Curry is that guy that is a leader. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the face of the NBA. LeBron is a leader. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be the face um, and I think that's just a really interesting argument for KD being as talented as he is without necessarily that drive to want to be the leader of the team in that respect. Yeah. Obviously, he might lead the team. Uh, by through, example. Yeah, by example. Yeah. He's going to work harder than yeah. anybody else. He's going to be in the gym earlier. Right? Yeah, and he still wants to be the guy taking the shot. Right. Like he mentioned that. There was in the finals last year against the Cavs. It, I don't remember which game it was. It may have been the, the last game in the finals. He hit that fast break, pull up three pointer over LeBron. I mean, he wants it. He wants that shot. And if you're the Warriors, he needs to be the guy. I know you disagree. He needs, but he needs to be the guy most of the time taking that shot. I don't know if I disagree. I'm but, like KD. But he he wants that. What he doesn't want is to be the guy who is taking all the interviews and doing all the like. He's just a quiet kind of introverted guy and he just doesn't want to be doesn't want to be a part of that kind of like Kawhi Leonard in in San Antonio a lot of people will tell you that's the one thing that holds Kawhi Leonard back is that he just doesn't talk ever he doesn't want to talk yeah I heard something recently that uh I think it was the ringer or it was probably the ringer but they were talking about all these teams that were uh internally combusting um like they're fighting within each other Mm -hmm. and they don't enjoy playing together you know there's, it's not just the Cavs, but the Cavs are a team where people talk about them. They yeah. don't enjoy playing. Yeah. And someone said, I wonder if Kawhi just is just doesn't enjoy playing for the Spurs, and he's been trying to tell us all these years with his sad <laughs> face, Yeah. Uh, which I thought was funny. But the Spurs are currently third in the West without him, mm-hmm. and I'm just blown away. Popovich is the GOAT, man. He is the GOAT. He is, yeah. He's the GOAT because, yes, you've got one all-star in Aldridge, but... Holy cow! Third in the West without Kawhi, I'm I'm blown away. Yeah. Um, okay, really quick, uh, is Anadikumbo the real deal? Is he, you know, he's an All Star starter. Um, mm-hmm. Is he gonna be the next KD? 
No. I think he, because he can't shoot. Um, but I think he is, I think he's more of a unicorn type of player. Like we talked about players who come in and they're kind of like paradigm shifters. I, I don't think we've ever seen a guy like Giannis because he's... What's different about him? Well, he's, if you're comparing him to KD, he's two or three inches taller than KD and is as athletic, if not more. Um, and he can't shoot on the negative side of things, but he can, he can kind of, he's got a little LeBron in him that he can handle the ball. He can play point guard. Um, he's a good defender. Uh, but he also is like 23 years old. (laughs) And so he has time to develop his shot. What I like about him is that he doesn't force threes. Like he's averaging 29 points a game right now and he shoots one, three a game. So he's, he's getting it done taking it to the basket. Nobody can keep him out of the basket because of his footwork and his length. What's his free throw? Percentage? His free throw percentage is 77%, so that's that's good. Yeah, you know, it's not a liability. Could, could be better, but it's good. Yeah, But he averages five assists a game, which is really good. Averages a steal and a half, a block and a half, so he's getting it done defensively too. And and he is also a leader. You know, That's one thing that, like I said, he's, he's much more vocal than KD. He's a guy who wants to be the the greatest player of all time. And so he, uh, I do think he has to add at least some semblance of a jump shot just to keep people honest, especially as he gets older and starts to lose some of that athleticism, which might not be for another 10 years. But um, I think you, I think you have to add, add something, but I mean, he's, he is remarkable at his size. Jabari Parker's coming back. From injury, I think next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, he's cleared. Soon. Last night they announced that he okay, was cleared. So he's cleared. So maybe he doesn't come back. Uh, Hashtag Duke them. reference. There you go. There you go. Um, are they going to be a contender in the East? Well, they just fired their coach too. They fired Jason Kidd last week. Um, so I don't really know. It's kind of an up in the air situation. I do think, and they're a playoff team certainly. And if they're healthy, and if Jabari is healthy, I wouldn't want to match up against them. I could see them being a five or six seed that, you know, takes out the Cavs or something like that. Um, but uh, I do think they're probably a couple of years away from being real contenders in the East, but they're fun. Yeah. I would love to see them play the Sixers in a matchup. That'd be fun. That would be fun. What about Porzingis? He is, you know, loved in New York, mm-hmm. another unicorn player. Another um, guy that's super outspoken, super high leadership quality. What um, you know, kind of compare him, compare him to Anadikumbo uh, in potential. Is he a guy that maybe the Knicks can build a championship team around him as well? Or as long as he's as long as he's healthy, that's the biggest thing with him. Is he's kind of frail, and so he's can he like. How long can he play, basically, at his size? Um, and how long can he play and be healthy? Because he's more comparable to Dirk to me than he is. He's kind of a better, more athletic version, taller version of Dirk. But the crazy thing about Dirk is that even at his size, like he he was healthy. He played for 20 years at a relatively high level. So still, I, yeah, still going. I don't know if Porzingis can do that because he's really young and he's already had some injury issues. But if he's healthy then absolutely I think the Knicks should build around him. I mean, he he essentially forced Carmelo out. Not not that he wanted Carmelo to leave, but he came in and 
you know, Carmelo's not much of a vocal leader either. And I think it was the Knicks were basically just like, oh, well, we've we've kind of got our guy here, so they were willing to trade Carmelo. Um, so he's a, I mean, the guy's seven foot three, can shoot the ball like anybody, and he's taking shots like Steph Curry, you know, from way out there. And he's not a great rebounder, but he's a good shot blocker. So, I mean, yeah, I, I would take Giannis easily over him, but he's very good. That was my next question, so you beat me to it. All right, let's end, wrap up here, talking about the MVP race. Mm-hmm. We're halfway through the NBA season. I think it's been a blast. I think it's been yeah. one of the best NBA seasons fun. in recent years. Um, and the MVP conversation is always very interesting. I know last year it was close. I, I think it was close. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Russell Westbrook won, and his his kind of um, his weak the weakness to his argument was that his team was pretty crappy, mm-hmm. right? Like he was incredible, averaged a triple double, I yep. think, on the season, broke the yep. triple double season record, mm-hmm. I think, as well, um, and it was still close between him and I forget Harden. Who, Harden. So flip to this year, I think the NBA looks at this with memory, even though they probably shouldn't. So I think Harden has the edge in, because he has an edge that he didn't win last year. I I disagree. Well, he's definitely the favorite, right. for sure. Well, okay, let's talk but about But I don't think it's because of anything that happened last year. I think it's 100% because of this year. Great. I mean, so so who's in the race in your, your eyes? I did a little bit of research and it looks like there's some differing opinions out there. We're only halfway through the season, so yeah. anything can happen. Injuries can happen. I, who's I think your top three the, picks in the lead? The I think there's a top two of Harden and LeBron. I think then you have a second tier of Giannis. And now Giannis was Giannis was in that top tier with those other two guys for a while, but his team has been playing so poorly. His numbers haven't dropped, but his team has been playing so poorly that I think that's dropped him down to the second tier. I think the second tier also has Steph Curry. I think the second tier also has um, Kyrie. And then I think there's a dark horse of DeRozan from the Raptors as well. But in my opinion, for basically since about December, it's been LeBron and Harden. And then I think in the last couple of weeks as the Cavs have imploded, if it were to end today, I think it would be Harden. And I think it would be almost unanimously Harden. If it were to end today. Yeah. So what I think is interesting, I think Harden, I watched him play against the Mavericks. Granted, Mavericks suck. Mm-hmm. But he blew me away. He kind of won me over with his with what he was doing in mm-hmm. addition to the stats that I know about him. I think he leads the mm-hmm. league in scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, his shot right now is unstoppable. Uh, he distributes the ball really, really well, you know, He's not just a scorer, but he's a facilitator and helps his team be better. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you throw LeBron into the argument, um, what I think you would say is he's the greatest player of all time mm-hmm. and he's having maybe his best season ever. Um, and you are the guy who I remember when I first met you said, I pretty much think LeBron should win the MVP every year. They just yeah. don't give it to him for X, yeah. Y reason. Yeah. So kind of explain that thought process and and what is LeBron doing statistically this year that is kind of like crazy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean he's well, he's in his fifteenth season, which is bonkers. Most people in their fifteenth, most people don't get to their fifteenth season, let alone average like career highs. 
The reason I think he's dropped off is because the last couple of weeks he just hasn't played as well. He's looked more like he's in his 15th season the last couple of weeks, and their team hasn't played as well. But previously, I mean, he was he was ridiculous. But, I mean, yeah, he's averaging 27 points, 9 assists, and 8 rebounds a game. That's shooting nuts. Shooting 55% from the floor, 36% from three, and 75% from the line, which 75% from the line doesn't sound great, but that's actually that's one of the only weaknesses in LeBron's game. He's never been terrible, but it's that's a, a little bit higher probably than his career average. Um, but yeah, for a for a 33-year-old guy in his 15th year, I mean, compare that to like Jordan's 15th year or Kobe's 15th year, and he's ahead of both of those guys. Now, granted, Jordan was older in his 15th year, but he had also had some seasons where he had sat out. Right. So Kobe wasn't. Kobe, Co- Kobe, Kobe was in. probably about the same age. Yeah. But this was about the point where Kobe started to drop off a little bit. But, um, yeah, so it's just it's remarkable. But I don't think he will win it just because I – unless his team – turn unless the Cavs turn it around. But I, I think especially – and I guess to some extent Harden does the fact that he's never won it and he came so close last year. Maybe that does come into play a little bit. But I also think he's just earned it based on on merit alone. The, with how good the Rockets have been, he's averaging 31 points a game, uh, nine assists a game, five rebounds a game, two steals a game, you know, shooting 39% from three, which is pretty good, um, about 45% from the floor. But just the way their team is is playing. I feel like he's as long as they keep playing that well and he's averaging over 30 points a game, I mean, I, I think Yeah, he's, and and he's the life of the team. He's they run the team through him, right? Yes, and they, Chris Paul. They run, yeah. yeah, they brought in Chris Paul, but you know, Harden's still the guy. Yeah, I mean, he's still averaging 9 assists a game, so obviously he's still facilitating a lot yeah. on that team. But So um, cool. I think I'm in agreement with you for now, and maybe there's not much to talk about for a couple more months. <laughs> um, my vote right now is Harden. Um, I do think LeBron makes a good case. I think Kyrie makes a good argument up in Boston. Um, and I would also say Curry is making another good argument with the Warriors, but it's... I think Curry's team is too good. It's tough. That hurts him. Yeah. Because he's got such good people around But I do think as the Cavs... If the Cavs continue crumbling and the Celtics keep playing well, which they had a little bit of a stumble as well, but if they keep playing well then I think you could see Kyrie... I don't think he's going to win it, but I think you could see him move maybe into that first tier. Right. Um, well, there's a whole second but, half, so anything could exactly. happen. You know, yeah. hard could drop off. You never know. I don't think so. But Awesome. Well, I think that does it for our first episode of the NBA Fan Podcast. Which we didn't even really intro. We just jumped right in. We That's did. what this podcast is about. That's we're right. We're just jumping right into um, the NBA. Yeah, we're really excited to do this. Uh, uh, we should do it around one time a week. Um, and next week we're going to be doing uh, a team profile on the Hawks. Uh, we're going to be looking at some of the greatest players, some of the greatest teams in Hawk his- Hawks history. We're starting with them because we live in Atlanta, not because we have some sort of allegiance to one of the worst that's, teams in the NBA. That's right. <laughs> Currently 29th, I think, in the yeah. league. Okay. Um, Second worst team. That's right. Uh, but, yes, uh, we live in Atlanta and um, there's been some good Hawks teams out there. They're not the worst team in the history of the NBA. Oh, for sure. Not. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. Tune in next week to join us for that. And thanks again for listening. Yeah.